When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I'm really excited about today's guest, Juan Tavares. He's with DEI Pro Finder. We're going to talk all about that. He's a CEO. He's also a strategic human resources leader driving DEI solutions. We're going to talk all about DEI. And he coaches leaders on how to create, maintain, and lead psychologically safe teams. Something so important. Um, it's a really fascinating discussion about DEI a leadership management team, and um, I'm happy to welcome him to the show. Juan, welcome. Thank you so much, Christopher. Happy to be here. Yeah, kind of talk about your background, your story, your experience, and what you're doing with um, DEI uh, ProFinder. Absolutely, yes. So let's see, where to begin? Always always hard to, to, to decide where to start. I'll, I'll start by sharing that I've been in the HR, the human resources field for 13 years. We're going on 14, which is kind of crazy to believe. I started my career in uh, the hospitality industry. So I went to school for hospitality and, and worked in the hotel and restaurant space for about five or six years and then transitioned into the HR world. And uh, I'd like to say that I was I was attracted to that to the HR space because it's just a different way of taking care of people, right? So what I learned in hospitality to be, uh, you know, customer centric and and um, really focusing on the experience of each individual customer when they walk into your restaurant or your hotel, because you want that person to come back, you want them to spread the word. And <laughs> so I bring all of that, all of that training and mentality into my HR space, into my HR work, because I think, you know, employees and, and team members, staff members are the company's clients or, or one of them. Uh, and as an HR leader, that, that, that's, I was excited to be focused on that, supporting people, uh, whether it's a new hire, getting them onboarded, or, you know, someone who's looking for career growth and development, like all the, the, the entire employee lifespan, there are many opportunities for you uh, as an HR leader to engage and, and support a positive um, and engaging experience there. So that's what drew me to the work. Uh, but after 13 years of doing this work, uh, mostly in the nonprofit sector, and I've, I've done uh, pretty much everything. I consider myself a generalist. I've, I've, I've done anything from recruiting to benefits administration to senior leadership work and strategic development. Um, did that for a while. And then over the last few years have had a focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. So uh, supporting our the organizations that I was working with, uh, with developing DEI strategies uh, and then embedding DEI intentionally into everything that we did, right, as, a, as an organization or a business. And HR policies and procedures were a big part of that. Um, so did that work, was, was really enjoying it. Um, but had this this itch right uh, about a year ago, a year and a half ago, that uh, I wanted to do more. I wanted to to impact more people and reach more people. So decided to go off on my own, started my own business. And uh, one of the things that that and my wife is my my co founder and partner in 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 a lot of the work that I do. Um, 
But one of the things we started with was DI ProFinder, which is an online directory for DEI consultants. Because one of the challenges that I had as an HR leader doing DEI work is, uh, you know, I don't consider myself a DEI expert. And when you're starting to develop strategy, you quickly realize, oh gosh, we there's a lot of different ways to address uh, DEI work. Um, there's there's a lot of different needs depending on the population that you're working with. So you need help. You need consultants to to who specialize in specific areas uh, to help you do some of that um, programming and and implement uh, uh, training, etc. So. It was hard. I was surprised with how hard it was to find the right consultant for the work that I that I was trying to do. Uh, and a directory like DEI ProFinder uh, did not exist. There, there were I, I shouldn't say that there were a handful that were out there in, in 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 the on the internet, but some of them had a paywall, so you have to pay just to get access, which never felt right to me. Um, and then others were very limited. It was like very specific, either you know uh, industry specific or very niched. So. We created DI ProFinder because we, we, from personal experience, I knew this was a need. Uh, so now we get a year later. So the directory now has over 120 consultants um, as members on our directory. And I now get to build bridges, is what I call them, like chief build, uh, bridge builder, uh, between HR and business leaders and DI consultants. And, and it's one of the, the, the like my, some of my favorite work that I get to do is to help People essentially that are currently in the role that I was in one to two years ago, you know, scratching my head about like, where do I go <laughs> for DI support? Now I get to help them and make connections to specific DI consultants that can get their work, uh, excuse me, that can help them do their work uh, a little better. Uh, and then in addition to that, some uh, like the, the business has evolved now a little bit. And you mentioned psychological safety, which is something that we're, we're incredibly passionate about. Because one thing we realized is, in order to do diversity, equity, and inclusion work well, you really have to first ensure that you have safety on your team, psychological safety specifically, because DI work is very personal. We're talking about our identities. Uh, some, you know, these these conversations can be triggering or challenging. Um, so it requires a special kind of facilitation, and uh, the, the the establishment first off of psychological safety in the space. So. Uh, my wife and I have been doing a lot of work around that, uh, you know, as a precursor to the deeper DEI work. So I feel like I said a lot there to that opening question, but hopefully that gives you a sense of what I do. Yeah, which uh, kind of sets the stage in uh, we're going to talk about DEI. But um, one thing is talking about this new concept of psychological safety. And um, I actually read a recent article I think it was on you know, on LinkedIn. It was talking about how a lot of software engineers they mm. see a lot of things wrong, and also in healthcare too, a lot of people see things wrong, but they afraid to speak up because there's it's not psychologically safe. So, um, first, define what is is and what inspired your focus on psychological safety and why it's essential for team success. Love that question, absolutely. So let's talk about what psychological safety is, because you're right, it, it has become a bit of a buzzword uh, <laughs> over the last year. And I'll start by by highlighting a few um, 
leaders in the space, right? So folks, uh, names that you might recognize, like Amy Edmondson, uh, a professor at, at Harvard Business uh, School. She wrote a book called The Fearless Organization, where she talks about how leaders, the importance of psychological safety and, and uh, in, on teams specifically, and how teams that have psychological safe, safety outperform teams that don't, uh, for reasons that we'll talk about in a second. Then I also want to call out um, Dr. Uh, Tim Clark, who wrote uh, the four stages of uh, inclusion? Oh, excuse me, I might have gotten that wrong. The four stages of psychological safety is <laughs> inclusion is a big is a big part of it. But I highly recommend his book. He's done a lot of research on that, and he currently runs a leadership coaching and 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 training uh, firm that does a lot of work in the space. So just want to call out call out those folks because uh, this is what, what my wife and I are doing in our work is leveraging a lot of their learnings, right? A lot of their research. Uh, and and embedding it into daily leadership practices, right? And and essentially operationalizing what psychological safety can look like and feel like in the, in the workplace. So what it is, <laughs> psychological safety is uh, creating an environment where people feel comfortable uh, expressing their opinion, even when it's different. Than someone else's, especially a leader's opinion, right? So, so pushing against the status quo, um, when they feel comfortable being themselves, right? If if it, someone should be should feel comfortable in the workplace, uh, asking any kind of question, whether it's quote unquote silly or not, it doesn't matter. Like any question that's on their mind, they feel comfortable asking it. They feel comfortable saying that they don't agree with something. They feel comfortable sharing ideas that are out of the box and and um, and different. Uh, what what we want to avoid with with creating those spaces is things like groupthink, or more dangerously, like you were saying earlier, silence. Right. So when people see that something is is going on that that shouldn't be, or or they they you know are sort of reading between the lines and saying this this is going to end badly, but I'm afraid to say something because I might get in trouble. That is there's a lack of safety in that space. Right. So no one should feel like they cannot say what's on their mind um, because ultimately. That's how we create, uh, you know, engagement, and and that's where the that's what breeds innovation and creativity when people are free to to express what's on their mind and what's on on their hearts. And then leaders play a big role, uh, both both team leaders but also HR leaders play a big role in the in the in the way that they foster those spaces, right? So when you think about specific policies. Um, whether it's uh, an official HR policy, but even like a leader, the way that they manage their team, how how are they behaving? How are they showing up? Are they encouraging their team members to uh, to deliberate, to to have open dialogue, um, to disagree intentionally, right? To like uh, acknowledge that we don't know everything, right? We we have we're we're all in this together. We're sort of learning and growing together, and it and it requires a uh, acknowledgement of our own. Uh, deficits and and gaps and failures. So being that that requires uh, also vulnerability, right? We need to be very vulnerable with ourselves and each other um, in order to have those kinds uh, or conversations at those levels, right? So that's where that's where what psychological safety is. It is not always being nice or avoiding conflict, which is something that we hear about a lot. Uh, you know, there, there's especially. Gosh, this you know, in the post-pandemic world that we live in now, there's a lot of uh, sensitivity, right, around what uh, people say and and how people uh, uh, communicate because they're afraid, to your point from earlier, of saying the wrong thing or or of getting in trouble. And what 
there that is different, right? Then being uncomfortable does not mean necessarily that you lack psychological safety, right? Because part of psychological safety is also stepping outside of your comfort zone. It requires uh, uh, embracing fear a little bit, right? And and uh, but doing that in a way that that uh, feels uh, what do you call it? Like, like, you know, you're not going to get in trouble <laughs> for doing that also. So there's like that balance. Um, but one thing I hear often from leaders is like, oh, I, I don't want to, I don't want to offend anyone, or I don't want anyone to feel like I'm, I'm judging them. And it's like, yeah, that's not, that's, the, it, it requires a little bit of, of discomfort. We have to, we have to lean into it in order to uh, fully, fully understand it and embrace it. Yeah, I really love that. And um, so kind of, uh, you know, this this idea of psychological safety and just kind of this uh, you know this idea of workplace and um and uh and it's basically people you know kind of this place where you view the workplace as adversarial and just mm. you know a lot of people are doing their own things now but um one thing is uh this quite talk about is um this idea of d this new term dei and um you know it's a lot of had a lot of pushback and um yeah. you know there's also like supreme court ruling you know banning affirmative action now in in, in higher education so yeah. kind of we talk about defining inclusion and how do you define inclusion in the workplace and can you give us some practical examples of how to foster it great great question yes and i'm glad you're 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 focusing on inclusion because that's that's a big part of our uh, focus in our in our work is uh, you cannot you can't create psychological safety without having embedding inclusive practices in everything that you do. And then what we mean by inclusion is creating and allowing space for all ideas, for all perspectives. Right? It's not about what's trending or. <laughs> what some folks call woke culture, right? Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's about everyone having an opportunity to say what's on their mind and, and speak from, from their own personal lived experience. And, and us as leaders being able to, to manage that space and, and maintain safety, right? So we don't want anyone to feel uh, otherized or, or, or ostracized or, or excluded, right? That's, that's actually the opposite of inclusion, right? When you're excluding. So to be an inclusive leader, you really have to hone, like hone your, your skills around facilitating spaces where, where difference can, can exist. Um, and, and it's a healthy difference, right? It's, it's a, uh, what, what, there's a term we use, um, constructive conflict, where you're focused more on the exchange of ideas as opposed to personal attacks or or who's right and who's wrong. It's not about it's not about right and wrong. It's about the expression of of our thoughts and perspectives. Yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah, I love that. And um so the other you know the kind of the other question is this um you know there's this uh there's this battle between the old and the new and then the old was kind of like um very hierarchical, very rigid and structured, um, very homogeneous. And uh, now there's there's push for change from you and from others. And, you know, social media has really enabled this. And we're talking about DEI, but, and then what the one question is, what's to keep somebody from just basically, like they say, okay, um, I can't, I can't work here because it's just, 
you basically what you were saying is um you're looking for more right so um they're like okay i'm gonna do my own thing i'm gonna become a social media influencer i'm gonna talk about dei i can get more i can get more done i can get a million followers and 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 preach and then you know people will listen whereas if i just stay in this organization that just kind of gives a lot of platitudes um talk about you know this dichotomy yeah that's a that's such a good question i think there's a uh, natural friction, right, that that comes along with this work because there are again just so many different perspectives on how to do this. And when when I work with with clients, whether it's an entire leadership team or one on one coaching, one of the things we focus on is values, right? So every organization has core values and and uh, the things that they consider, whether those are uh, ideas or behaviors or expectations that they consider important in how they do their work. Um, and it's, an, it's, it's, that's relevant, right. And how, because it's, it, it's the cult, it, it leads to the culture, right. And the, in that organization, it, it, it is a very big tenant of, of what that culture will look like. And that culture then, uh, will, depending on what it is, determines on what the DEI work looks like. Right. So I, as an HR leader, had to be very aware of the the organizational culture, right, where I was working in and the core values and my personal values and beliefs, and then finding trying to align that as much as possible. It was it was not 100 percent. And and the chances <laughs> are that it, it is very unlikely unless you're the CEO. Right. And you're and you're making uh, these sort of uh, building this culture around around yourself. Um but yeah, there's this friction. There's this friction there, and you have to be aware of it. I don't think that that uh, again, like I said, there's nothing. It's not right or wrong. There's nothing bad about that. Uh, but awareness is key. And when you know, when you sense, well, first of all, when you're aware of it, then then you are better equipped to navigate those challenges when they show up, right? Because because there were times, even in my work, where uh, there, there would be a situation that I had a personal reaction to, but then I have to remember, well, in this moment, I am the HR leader for this organization. So I have to wear my HR leader hat and, and, and set aside my personal beliefs. And, and, but, but if I hadn't had that awareness, right. Of that conscious awareness of, of that difference, um, it would have been really hard to separate those two things and, and navigate that situation. So when I work with leaders, it really boils down to uh, knowing yourself, knowing the organizational values, and then how are, how are those two things engaging and interacting? And then to your point, if if that friction is uh, sort of dominating your, your brain space and your time and you can't get, get past it, um, and you've tried some things, it's not, not, you know, I'm not suggesting anyone quit their job uh, because there's a little <laughs> friction, but, but if you've tried some things, you've given it time, you've, you've explored it and, and there's just that friction is still there and it's, and it becomes hard to do, to be able to focus and engage on your work. And it starts to impact every other aspects of your life. Right. Yeah. Then to your point, it might be time for a change. And that's uh, where I was uh, a year ago, a year and a half ago now. Um, I was like, you know what, this is, I, I see a better path for, for the work that I want to be doing. So I'm going to go down that path as opposed to continue to fight this fight. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Interesting question. Yeah. Like I said, it's like uh, the, the beauty of here in the West and especially in the United States, we have a lot of economic freedom. It's like, if we don't mm -hmm. like our job or boss, we can, you know, always quit and just do our own thing. You know, um, other places, if you do that, you're SOL, but here we have a yeah. lot of um, options and, you know, like I said, economic freedom. So um, 
yeah, it's it's really interesting. Kind of um kind of closing, talk about, you know, your current goals and then, you know, um, you know, what are your business goals right now? What steps are you taking to achieve it? And your advice mm. for future leaders, for those aspiring to lead with a focus on DEI, what yeah. key piece of advice would you offer them? In inclusion. Yeah. Thank you for that. So I'll, so my business, as I said, it, I'm, I'm sort of following, uh, th- there's been a natural progression in how the work is unfolding. So I'm kind of just going with the flow right now and, and following opportunities. So, you know, what started as a directory for consultants has now led to a lot of uh, or organizational consulting work and, and some one-on-one coaching. And now I, I, ha- I still have the desire of reaching as many people as possible. So we've, we've developed our first course, my wife and I, um, around psychological safety, which is now available online. It's a self-paced on-demand uh, online course uh, to help leaders de- uh, show them how, the how-to uh, develop psychological safety on, on their teams to ensure that uh, they, they're, they're practicing in, in inclusivity and, and that whatever DI strategies they implement will, will actually be successful or more successful, um, uh, because of it. So that's one piece. And then as far as my, my advice to leaders, and this is what I start all of my coaching conversations with is, you know, how much time have you spent on yourself? How much time have you spent learning about your values, your strengths, your, your, you know, what, 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 what drains you and what fills you up. And just the the more you know about yourself, the better able you will be to show up as a leader for your team and your organization. Uh, and then it's, it's sort of the, the, it's a ripple effect, right? Um, but so often, uh, and again, this is my own experience, um, leaders focus on things that are outside of them, like, oh, I need this certification, or I need this uh, to develop this skill, or I need, you know, it, which is also, it's, it, it matters, it's important, but it's not as impactful as focusing inward first and really getting to know yourself and, and your, who you are uh, and, and uh, who you want to be. Also, there's like that, that, you know, who you are today versus who you're going to be in five years and um, et cetera. So that's my advice. And if, if, if they need help with that, uh, I'm, I'm happy to chat. Excellent. Yeah. And for all the audience out there, let's thank Juan for a really interesting conversation. Very well-spoken. All of his resources will be in the links and show notes. Um, and be sure to give him a, a follow, like, share, comment, subscribe. And with that, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, Christopher. It was a pleasure.